Wrestling fans to the Mount Rushmore Wrestling Podcast. This is episode 43. We are back on this lovely Monday before Monday Night Raw. A uh, couple things in the news today. We may introduce something we're planning in the future, as well as talk about a lot of things going on in terms of news. We'll have a little bit of a debate. Uh, I don't know how much of a de- debate it will be, but we'll see. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, kick it to these guys. How are we feeling today, gentlemen, on this fine Monday? This fine, rainy Monday here. Uh, Going good. Can't wait for Monday Night Raw tonight. Uh, Should be a good show. We're fresh off of a very good SmackDown, which I will say. Um, Didn't see much of Collision, but I know it was a good show. I know there was a good main event. So, you know, we got some news to go over. I'm excited to hear about the new segment. So let's go. Yeah, doing good. Um, fresh off of the nice bloodline tribal court, which is very entertaining. Probably Roman's best segment. We'll have to go back in history books, but that was some of his best work yet. Um, also need to go back and see Collision. I heard that was a good show, so looking forward to that. And then we're getting closer to SummerSlam. So we can go into SmackDown in a little bit. Let's do that after the On This Day. So On This Day, Chris, we had some slim pickings today, am I right? You are exactly you hit it right on the head so there was nothing going on on july 10th any year in wrestling history from what i've seen just a bunch of monday night raws some smackdowns some house shows here and there and i went with a destination x i went with tna and it wasn't a good show either i'll be honest Um, (laughs) i'm just gonna go over a few of the matches um there was a tag team match. The third match on the card was Eric Young and Shark Boy defeating Generation Me. So, trivia: Do either of you know who Generation Me would be? Generation they are current superstars, and they are in AEW. They are still a tag team in AEW as well. Have they been a champion in AEW? They have. A tag team champion? They have. I it's believe, like you're playing I believe right they now. have, yes. Have they been a trios champion? Yes. Young Bucks. Yes. So Generation <laughs> Me in 2011 was Jeremy Buck and Max Buck. <laughs> oh, and they lost to Eric Young and Shark Boy. So that was a good match. Um, they lost. They lost. It oh was seven minutes God. and twenty-two seconds for the time. This was in twenty eleven. I wonder how old they were. Yeah, twenty eleven. Probably mid twenties, maybe. Yeah, they must. They had to have been early twenties yeah, or mid. That's very young. Um, another match on the card. There was an Ultimate X match to determine the number one contender for the X division title. Which Ultimate X matches were always entertaining. So that was. Yes. Alex Shelley won the match. He defeated Amazing Red, Robbie E, and Shannon Moore. Um, this match was also only 10 minutes, so not much of an ultimate, ultimate X match there. Jesus. 2011 was wow. a very down year for Impact. I think that's when it started to go downhill. I think, I think 2011 was a down year for wrestling in general. Yeah. Yeah, they say WWE was Besides Sam Punk and John Cena, I don't really remember much from 2011. Right, and then two more matches I want to say. There was a singles match for the X Division Championship. The champ was Abyss. He lost to Brian Kendrick. Wow. In 10 minutes and 39 seconds. I loved Abyss in TNA. Yeah, he lost to Brian Kendrick. Not the Brian Kendrick, just Brian Kendrick. And then the main event that night was also, uh, this was a banger, I'm guessing, AJ Styles defeating Christopher Daniels just in a regular singles match. No championships on the line or anything. Now that I look at this card, there was not a single, there was not a world title on on the card at all. That's wild. That's a problem. Yeah, (laughs) 2011, on this day, Destination X. Cheers to that. Uh, cheers to 2011. Let's go from 2011 to last Friday night. We'll talk a little bit about SmackDown before we get into the news. So, um, as Sean said, the Bloodline Tribal Court for the Tribal Chief 
seemingly probably took out about 50 minutes of SmackDown between the bloodline. that They must have took out <laughs> half the show uh, between the opening segment and then the closing segment. I thought it was interesting that they opened the show. I was like, why are they doing this now? And then I come to realize, oh, they're probably going to main event somehow with this, sh- this fucking shit as well. And soon enough, it was great. They ended up main eventing as well. So that was fine. Uh, I don't know if it's Roman's best segment. What I will say, it was very, very good. It, and it's obviously adding more and more layers to this story. What I found about this segment, though, was... I, you just have to go into it expecting the swerve at this point, and I think a lot of people are. Like, there was no way Roman was going to bow down to Jimmy and just let it end there. There was I was like, there's no fight. He's getting up and kicking his ass or something like that because it's just – that's just not in his character. So he's automatically going to be the alpha. I don't care what situation it is. Until, I smelt that low blow from a mile Until away. The Rock comes back. I think he will remain the alpha. Like, I think if The Rock comes out, I think that's when someone will truly challenge him in terms of, like, his family dynamic. But this segment was great in terms of getting more time for the Usos again. Jey Uso is performing really well in a very high-profile spot, especially on the mic. We, we know he is a good wrestler, but on the mic, he can carry a promo which is, you know, to his benefit and which will basically guarantee him this SummerSlam match compared to Jimmy, which I, I, you know, even Jimmy these days has been really good on the mic as well. I think this whole storyline has elevated everyone in it. On the mic, not so much solo because it's not like he does much talking, but he is still portrayed as a very frightening character. And for me, like, I think solo is getting, like, the fear factor that I think they wanted with Umaga back in the day. Like, Umaga was a very daunting figure, and he was a lot bigger than Solo. But it seems like Solo's impact, because he's been with Roman, has been, like, to a higher degree. And that's not sent ragging on Umaga. I actually really liked Umaga like Chris did as well. But I think, like, they're going for that, like, just dominant factor of a guy. And Solo does that. I am still of the mind where I would love this to somehow end, not end, but get to a fatal four-way match somehow between the four of them. I think that would be fucking cinematic because if Solo does turn, and I don't know if it's going to be at SummerSlam, I don't know how long they're dragging this out. Um, It also has to do with, you know, Survivor Series was announced. There's no War Games announced with Survivor Series this year. That could also like completely change, I think, within the next few months, and then they just label it later. I don't think just because they announced it without War Games, it's not necessarily going to happen. I'm also fine with them, if they don't have the right story for it, to not put it on the show instead of just throwing bullshit together. Uh, but I don't. That's a separate topic. I don't want to fucking have them go back to Raw versus SmackDown. But in terms of the SmackDown, and this is part of our news, so I'll just say it now. Uh, SmackDown did 2.561 million, like, consistent viewers. This was the highest in their key demo, the 19 to 49, since 2020 of December. And that was COVID. So that is pretty impressive because everyone was at their television. During the Bloodline segment, they averaged 3 million viewers at once. Uh, so it went down a little bit when the bloodline was off TV, but not by much, only 500,000. That's that's quite a lot of people to hold. So SmackDown continues to absolutely crush right now. And just to steal something from Cody Rhodes, he said, I think over the weekend or in an interview, he said, you know, wrestling has always been, and Ron SmackDown has always been like a really watched show and booked, you know, fairly well. And I'm paraphrasing here, and this is not a direct quote, but he did say wrestling right now is just on another level. And he is 100% correct when he says that because not just with the ratings viewership, it just seems that it's just hitting so many more people. And it's pretty, it's pretty amazing to watch. And it's amazing to be uh, seeing it from when we were younger at that time to now when we're, when we're in 2023 and 
older and can understand the product a little bit more. But thoughts on any of that, guys? I'll let I'll turn it over to you, and uh, we'll kind of run from there. So I thought this segment was absolutely incredible because you, for the first time, you've seen like Roman Reigns like display in front of the world like his full on like vulnerability. Um, to be able to cry on command like that is a very hard task to do. And it seemed like he just did that sporadically when he goes down to bow down to Jey Uso. And he, um, whatever, what's that, that flower thingy that's around his neck? What is, what's the name of that? Lafala. I forget what he calls it. Yeah, so when he handed that over to Jay, even and like Jeremy touched base on it, like you know that there's no way in hell that he's giving up that tribal chief title to give it to his cousin. So you knew something was going to happen. I pre- I thought the same thing. It was going to be a low blow, and sure enough, he delivered it. I think it's also very interesting that Roman, it seems like he's given more praise to Jay than Jimmy. Like He has more value over like his potential over Jimmy. And I do agree with it, but I think it is very like surprising in a way where Roman doesn't really, at least I feel like he's not displaying Jimmy and portraying him as like an equal to Jay. It feels like he's having Jay be like the higher echelon type of guy to him. That's like more of a threat to his title. Uh, Solo, you know, you kind of figured they tease every week that's going by. I like that they're teasing that a lot with Solo. All right. It's just going to drag him under his skin. So everything that Roman was doing to Jay and Jimmy, you're probably going to see that with Solo down the line. You're probably going to see Roman start lashing out at him backstage. Probably going to see him lashing out at Paul Heyman some more. I'm very intrigued to see if they pull the trigger with Solo at SummerSlam or if they drag it out to Mania. I'm thinking Mania because if they want this storyline to continue... They have a lot of material to do it, and like they've been impressed. Even when I think the story's over, they seem to just be able to have so much more material and story just to drag it on for months and months at a time, which is really, really cool. So I thought the segment was excellent, and we're gonna have an absolute thriller main event with Jey Uso and Roman Reigns that I'm looking forward to. I do a lot. think that the segment was like fantastic with everybody involved, um, including basically starting with the Usos in the ring and then Heyman and Solo and Solo said uh, Heyman saying there's only one guy that can make me stop talking. And then Solo grabs the mic, throws it out of the ring. And here comes Roman. And Roman was like, I'm the one who called the Hulk calls the shots around here. Who do you think you are calling me out here for court? Blah, blah, blah. I think there was definitely a slow burn during the uh, segment itself. And then all hell broke mm-hmm. loose at one point. And I thought the best part of the segment is when the necklace was in the center of the ring and every single guy was looking at it at one point and Solo's kind of standing over and he picks it up and just looking at it because they know if they put it on, they're basically the tribal chief at that point. So I think that's the goal for honestly all all four of the guys, well, three of them, Solo, Jay, and Jimmy is to get that necklace and be the tribal chief. Um, and that's why I think, fatal like, four-way. that's why, yeah, to, to Jeremy's point, I think that's going to set up a four, fatal four-way match, maybe even for the tribal chief title. Maybe whoever Ooh. wins that match is the tribal chief. Now, Roman's still going to win that match regardless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yep. no, none of them stand a chance. But I am interested uh, to see how, how they go with the solo route. Um, because, like Jeremy said, I think. I think he was definitely necessary for the bloodline. I think the bloodline needed somebody different and he fits perfectly playing that like terrorizing character, just the, the, the strong guy of the group, the mean guy of the group. Um, and he's actually getting over with the crowd too, which I don't think that WWE thought would happen either. Um, and another thing that Sean was saying about like Jay being portrayed as better than Jimmy I think it's also interesting because for so long, Jimmy was kind of being portrayed as a bad guy, as a heel. And Jimmy the entire time has basically Mm -hmm. been a face. So that part is very interesting to me too. And I think that's why at some point they're going to clash as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So overall, that was a great start to the show. I don't think it should have started. I thought they were going to finish with that. I mean, they did end up finishing SmackDown with Jay on the mic anyway, yeah. saying, I'm going to whoop your ass again. You better accept my challenge, which was a good finish to the show. So it started off hot and it finished hot. So great SmackDown. Like, like I said, it took up half the show. It probably took yeah. up an hour of uh, TV time. 
And uh, poor AJ Styles and Karrion Cross got three minutes in their match. What else was on the show? Edge and Grayson Waller. Edge and Grayson Waller was was good. Yeah. Yep. Wasn't an incredible match, but it wasn't a bad match. But it was very cool to see. Um, You can tell Edge. You can tell Edge respects him too. While we're on that topic of Edge, I'm very intrigued to see what he said if he was sincere about it because he said he wasn't retiring. I don't know if that was part of the segment. Or if that was really confirming he's he's probably gonna wait a little while longer. In my opinion, it seemed like he's gonna wait a little while. First of all, because if that he's saying Canada, right, and in Toronto would be where he would want to do it, isn't that in August? I'm not sure. Okay. I didn't really see this. I just I just know that it's coming up sooner mm-hmm. rather than later, and they don't really have an opponent for him. So, in my I think he deleted. It too. I think he should just. Roll through next WrestleMania. I think, yeah. And then, you know, yeah. you end it wherever. If there's a Canadian show after WrestleMania, you can end it there. Uh, but, and I'm not sure, obviously, what, uh, we're kind of far out from that. But, you know, he's not wrestling every week. That was the first time we saw him wrestle. And who the fuck was knows that? Was that since Mania? <laughs> that may have been since Mania. No, he was in the uh, World Heavyweight title tournament. Oh, right. That right, triple right. threat match on SmackDown. Yeah. But even then, that I was don't think ago. it's. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, but I would love to see uh, John Cena and Edge go at it one more time, an all-out physical battle. John, it's not going to happen, in my opinion. Cena is too it's occupied with Cena, movies, and, like, he and, with, and then he stays away from like the injury risk and everything. I just don't see like how it's going to come into play, but I tell you, that would be the perfect opponent to end that chapter of your career. And then the only other one I could think of that would make sense is Christian, but he's on AEW obligation, so who knows if TK and Triple H can come do a, like a one-off or something for both guys? Who knows? Do I do think I do. I do yeah, think it was cool. like obviously purposeful that they mentioned Edge retiring because they know it's happening soon. So I think that Correct. was their point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just I think it's going to be longer, and my hope is he's at next year's WrestleMania against a, a quality opponent. Do we think it's some um, an old veteran that was like a former um, rival to him, or do we think it's just an up and comer that's gonna either? And here's the thing too: I can't see Edge retiring on a loss. I feel like he needs. I know like Kurt Angle, like you know Corbin um, got put over against Kurt Angle, but I feel like with Edge, Edge needs to get that final like final chapter victory. I know like he's been getting a lot of victories a lot with the Finn Balor and the Hell in a Cell and stuff, but. I don't like to see uh, legends who like we grew up with as a child just taking a loss at the end. I feel like it needs to be somebody that's your equal because, you know, the criticisms that kind of come into play, if it's like, say, young Austin Theory or something, they're like, oh, how did Edge, um, this 50-year-old, get the victory over a y- up-and-coming young Austin Theory? So I feel like the best challenger would be someone that's kind of in that age range that has history with Edge already. I, th- I but, think what he's going to do is put someone over at WrestleMania and then – if they have a Canadian show, that'll be where he wins. Would you be mad, Sean, if it was Rey Mysterio? Oh, that'd be interesting. Because they have history, and that's the same first age. Final... Yeah. First final match, I would say yes, just because there's not really like a story there. But I, I love Rey Mysterio to death. Well, there could but... be story because they were know. tag champs in 2 They, they, they definitely have history. You could, yeah, I guess you could have him run it back with Randy. I know we've seen the matches. Yeah, but. that's the other one. Was gonna, I was gonna throw a Randy too. I think if it's not like Cena or like Christian, everything, I would say Randy would be the best opponent. I mean, I think we didn't get we're it in Cody. Front of a we're crowd. Cody. We never got it in front of a crowd. Randy and Edge. Yeah, that is true. The other, the other point to this is what I found was interesting. I've seen some rumors about it, and if if it were to happen, this would make sense for SummerSlam. Is Edge against Bray Wyatt? Um, I thought that was very interesting when I saw that, and I I would be up for that match for SummerSlam if they were both able to go. I think that would be a good story too, yeah. honestly. Uh, and that would be something that could be pretty enticing, someone we haven't really seen Edge with. Um, yeah. He's also running out of people, which is interesting to say, but all the high-profile people we wanted to see him against, we've seen him against since he's come back, which is which is a great thing to say. Because I think for him, he had a list of probably like five to ten guys and was like, "These are who. this is who I want. The other other person I would love to say, um, and actually if he gets um, takes a loss here, I would love to see him in Gunther. Yeah. And then Brock. That, 
But I think Gunther's going to be in the world title picture. You could do him and Brock. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah you could. That works. So there are a couple opponents out there for him that he hasn't faced yet. So that'll be interesting. The Grayson Waller one was interesting because I thought down the line maybe that's what they could do. But who knows? Maybe they could yeah, circle Grayson back. Uh, just a couple Definitely. other things about SmackDown quickly. Uh, LA Knight did not make it on the show. <laughs> what a what a shitty thing to say. Uh, he was in a dark segment, comes out and interrupts Hit Row, mind you. Uh, when his music played, wow, man, that man is over. I also just want to comment quickly, and Kevin Nash commented on this over the weekend or last week. And he said he was a blatant ripoff of Stone Cold and The Rock. Don't get me wrong. There is aspects to what he does that are similar, right? But I think there's aspects of many wrestlers that take what they do well and bring their own flavor to it. And I think LA Knight does that really well in terms of doing that for Austin and The Rock because it makes sense. They were two of the biggest stars ever in the company. If you're going to get a rub off someone and, and emulate their style, that's who you want to do it against, especially for your character. Um, but I thought that was super – the way Kevin Ash was saying it too was super, like, criticism. Like, there was a lot of criticizing going on there. Um, and it old. just seems like, he, yeah, he was being an old head that uh, is retired and has got nothing else to do. So that, that was unfortunate. And I don't think he is, but I just wanted to, to chat about that too quickly for you guys. Yeah, I second that. I mean, yeah, I mean he's not a he's not a ripoff in my in my opinion, but And I don't even I mean like you can see maybe a little bit similarities, but honestly I I can't really see how he's a ripoff of the rock. The rock has his style's more like catchphrases and like on the spot jokes. LA Knight, even though he has maybe like a one or two catchphrases for the most part it's kind of like just organic from whatever whoever he's feuding with and then he comes up as like for example the logan paul stuff if it were the rock the rock would do the you know some catchphrase that he has like kind of premeditated and then develop from there i think the style is just different now the stone cold one la knight has yeah stone cold has what if that's what you're calling a ripoff then I don't know what to say about that because clearly if we're just going by the one word, I mean, it's easy to say, but I don't see how it's a ripoff of the rock and stone cold. Honestly, I think it's something different, but just the styles are going to be similar because all three of them can talk really I well. I mean, now. everybody, even if there are similarities, everybody takes something from somebody in the past. Like, Correct. like Chris Jericho says, I'm the best in the world at what I do. CM Punk says I'm the best in the world. Like, yeah, come on. Like, allow the guy to be what he wants to be. Mm -hmm. Nobody's ever going to be Stone Cold. Nobody's ever going to be The Rock. He's not a ripoff. He's over with the... He's more over than Kevin Nash ever fucking was. I was about to say, what I will tell you is what he is, is fucking over. (laughs) He is over in a character he's not supposed to be facing. He is over when he's in a dark segment on fucking SmackDown and can't get on the card. That should tell you enough about what this guy's been doing over the past, like, four or five months. That, for some reason, many reasons, the crowd is behind him. So, I'm still waiting for that payoff. I, I, I It's interesting because I think I give a lot of praise to Triple H about a lot of things. And I'm not one to criticize, like, fully all the time. But with LA Knight, right now, he is fucking dropping the ball. I'll say that because... The response I saw in that press conference was good things happen to those who wait. Those are pretty fucking bad excuses. We just saw this, you know, at WrestleMania when they didn't give Cody the the championship. They were like, he didn't have adversity. That's a terrible reason to not give someone a championship. And it's a terrible reason not to push someone that is literally probably the most over in your fucking locker room. He's close to it if he's not the most. I think Triple H likes him a lot. He's just stuck in, um, you know, the 50-50 split with Vince. I think he's in Vince's year where he's forced to go out and say some of these bullshit, you know, PC reactions and, like, responses to the journalists out there about LA Knight. Um, because, clearly, that's as, about as generic as a response as you can get, saying good things happen to those that wait. And, you know, I saw, like, a lot of reports that Triple H is really heavy on LA Knight, but... 
Vince McMahon tried to fire him like two, three different occasions. So that tells me everything I need to know that Triple H is doing everything he can to save this guy and push him to the next level. And Vince is just trying to hold him back. So it's a tough spot for both of them. And one SmackDown, LA Knight's on the card and is, you know, doing a nice promo in the ring. The next week, like you said, this SmackDown wasn't even on the card. So it's unfortunate. I feel bad for the guy because he has to deal with two guys that are essentially running creative head to head. Well, they also wanted him to be a heel. So I think that's what is making them not push him as much because he's getting over as a face. Like he was always portrayed as a heel, even during the Bray Wyatt stuff. And he was still getting over during the Bray Wyatt stuff. So who knows? Maybe they have a heel heel, uh, turn planned for him at some point to get the crowd against him. Maybe he's going to come out and talk shit to the crowd and say, you guys aren't helping me. Have him fucking attack Jey Uso. He'll get a loud booze then. <laughs> <laughs> yep, true. Have him join Judgment Day inside with Dom, <laughs> Dirty Dom. That'll get him booed out of the building. Just as you mentioned Judgment Day, what I will say is right now, those two factions are carrying their shows. Absolutely. Uh, Judgment Day and Bloodline seem to be carrying the fucking load on these shows on weekly television. And rightfully so, because they put in some really good work. And I think the Judgment Day, if the bloodline goes away and somehow the Judgment Day is still together at that point, they're someone who you could, you know, boost the main event event picture around if Roman does go away for a little while. Because you'll have a champion, but you'll also still have a a big faction. Because, you know, obviously factions, they always end up breaking up, but they need to have something else in place for them when that happens. And I'll, I'll keep chirping that. As time goes on, I do on. think at some point the hurt business will make a comeback. Ooh, and I would if like they to have, see that. If they have like Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins in it, that brings a different element to it. Eventually, if they call up Carmelo, cool. like they could, they could have a lot of guys. I was, I was just about to say that the different one that they made was like Carmelo, Montez, Omas was in Bobby, it, I think. and Omas. even if Omas is in it, like I think that's a yeah. great faction. Yeah, I mean, Omos and Bobby Lashley haven't been seen on television in how long? Right. Yeah, is Bobby it, like nursing an injury or something? Because I, I mean, still, I mean, I still can't find anything on WrestleMania. Him. Yeah, like he, we haven't even seen him. Like he wasn't even on WrestleMania, so it's like that was just bad. When he won that, um, last time I, I remember him, I think was the Andre the Giant um, victory on SmackDown. Last I recall, unless he maybe had one other appearance, but I can't remember it. I guess he's. Hey, I'm not seeing anything that he's injured, so who the fuck knows? But we'll we'll see. But I do think there's some good things with that. I, I would love to see that, Chris, as well, with MVP back with them. Yep. Uh, I think that would be great. Definitely. So let's do a quick raw preview tonight. Just talk about a few things. Uh, while I go into my last piece of news, one thing: Becky Lynch was pulled from Raw this evening. She did, I guess, have a minor injury. I don't know what the minor injury is, but it was just she did not get cleared for this evening. I don't think there's anything to worry about moving forward, so so I read. Uh, but she is pulled from her match tonight, and I forget who she was supposed to face, but we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. Uh, the other piece is for Raw, so I'll go through everything that's kind of promoted so far. Uh, Dirty Dom getting another crack at Seth Rollins this evening. So exciting news for uh, Dirty Dom. I know Sean's excited. Cody Rhodes <laughs> delivers a special message to Brock Lesnar. Maybe Cody Rhodes will actually be able to finish his entrance and say a word before Lesnar comes out. Uh, Ricochet and Logan Paul go face-to-face. That should actually be pretty entertaining as long as Ricochet doesn't talk too long. <laughs> uh, Drew McIntyre and Riddle against Imperium tonight. That should actually be a pretty good match. Tommaso Ciampa and The Miz seek to (laughs) inflict punishment on each other in a no-DQ match this evening. I'm done with that feud. (laughs) I'm not done with it because Ciampa's back. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) And and The Miz gives The Miz some respect. He's actually put on some pretty good matches the past few months on Raw. Uh, The last segment that's, that's announced as well is the Alpha Academy are throwing a graduation ceremony for Maxime Dupree. That should be very you guys comedic. Admit, you, I was that should say, be you very comedic. On the comedic element of this. Listen, segment. I love Chad Gable. I hate Otis. I will always hate Otis. But I do like Maxine with them. And I think that was a great call to repackage her 
to go with them for storyline purposes instead of the maximum male models uh, adds another element to their, you know, I guess, faction now, uh, which is pretty entertaining. And they are the entertaining beat as well when you kind of need it, and I really appreciate that. It helps Otis, too, because, like, there was talks about Gable going in singles run. So now that you have Maxine in the mix, it gives, like, relevancy to Otis and, like, you know, the part that he plays in this whole saga. He still should have a singles run at some point because Otis is fucking terrible. But <laughs> for now, sure. We can we can let him go. We can let him go for now. So it should be a pretty entertaining run tonight. Um, I'm interested to see the Lesnar and Cody Rhodes segment to see what we're getting. Any predictions do we actually think it's going to be a strap match or do we think it's going to be something else bull rope oh yeah, yeah they yeah, said bull rope, bull rope not strap sorry we th- we think it's uh, going to be a yeah. bull rope i think it's going to yeah. be unfortunately it's not my favorite match i'll say that i think it'll be better it'll be better I mean, than the first that- two matches that's true I was going to say brock Lesnar's best matches are the stipulation ones so i'm looking forward to it if cuz I'm pretty confident this will outdo the first two, so have that. I know you fucking hated the first two, so. Oh, my oh God. Oh, no. God. Awful. So we will switch gears a little bit here. We're just going to have a little discussion. So in my mind, I wanted to kind of bounce this on camera off of these two gentlemen. I haven't talked to them about this yet, but I think what would be cool is if we do a monthly episode but in that monthly episode, it can be part of our, our weekly programming. We do a review of an old pay-per-view. So we would watch the old pay-per-view before we go on, and then we would review it for you all on here. Um, you can let us know, too, like when you're in the comments and things like that, or if you're interacting with us on social media, um, what you would want to see and what we would going to do. Um, for us, I think it would just be cool to talk about some older stuff like when we were younger and do some reviews of that time. And, you know, it could be kind of newer things. It could be older things, but what do you guys think think about that doing like a monthly episode? I think that's great. And I think that, I mean, a cool way that we could do it. I don't know how you had it in mind is the wheel. Yeah. Spin the wheel. Oh yeah. We could, we could maybe put 10 to 20 pay-per-views, um, on the wheel and then we can spin the wheel and whatever we get, that's the pay-per-view that we have to watch. That would be perfect. So we're in Chris describe the, the wheel is just basically we uh, go online. It's just like a randomizer yeah. wheel yep. and it's like a wheel of fortune type thing. And we could even we do that live. This... We could do that live. Yeah, we could. That episode. would be cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, why don't we do that for next episode? We will spin the wheel. We'll create a list of, what 15 20 pay-per-views 20 pay-per-views i think that's a good selection and uh ones that we can have them very vary in years so it can be 1999 it could be 2007 it could be 2009 2013 whatever we can put 15 to 20 of them on there and then we will watch the pay-per-view we may watch it together we may watch it separately um, and then come back for an episode that month and review it. We were only I would say we would stick to one a month so we can kind of keep up with it. And we have our regular routine shows. You know, we have uh, prediction shows and review shows for the regular pay-per-views that are coming out. Right. But this would be like an additional content type of thing. Because sometimes, you know, like today's episode, we're just going over news and a few things like that. But this is where we can kind of plug and play some certain ideas as well. Right. I think that's a great idea. And yeah, I that think works. It, that's cool. It, like you said, kind of relives our childhood a little bit, depending what year we get, what pay-per-view we get. Because we honestly yeah. probably at this point, like yeah. I know the trivia, like we're good at the trivia, but we probably forget a lot of stuff that happened on certain pay-per-views. It's so hard to remember. So much. So Yes, especially like I like the mid to late 2010s. Yeah, yeah I like, like I remember I think I did an on this day and it was like in extreme rules. And there was like a lot of decent matches on the card, but I don't remember anything about the paper. Right. Like I honestly couldn't tell you anything. Right. Uh, exactly. Hopefully, Pe- hopefully Peacock has a lot of like every pay-per-view on there. Cause I know it's missing a bunch. So hopefully the ones we select, if it does go that route, then whether we have to like look at the matches online, like, I think that's it pretty cool. much we'll definitely make sure. And I think it has most of them. And yeah. I think that's, what we're going to base our, our thing off of. 
So I think, you know, I'm seeing you guys this weekend, most likely. So if we want to kind of create a list this weekend, we can do that. And then we can have the list ready for like next Monday's episode and then pick out which one we want to watch and then kind of go from there. And then we'll do like an in-depth review of uh, all the matches. We'll pull up the card and uh, kind of talk about them. I think that'd be fun to kind of go back in time. And like I said, not an overbearing thing once a month, but I think it'd be pretty entertaining. Right. For sure. Yep. So in terms of also moving forward, we're going to be getting back to also some trivia and some other games that we've been doing. I'm trying to, you know, we've had a lot of different segments, but I do kind of want to get back into some segment work as well. So you will see that from us maybe as early as Thursday, depending on what's going on. And then uh, we'll kind of take it from there. Kind of a shorter episode this week, gentlemen. Uh, we did like 35 minutes, but anything we, you guys want to add? I think we forgot one segment. Oh, we did. The yes, debate. debate. Oh, oh, it's perfect. Saving it for last. Main event, Jey Uso. Uh, we got to save this for last. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> okay. And, you know, we can debate it however we want to, but the debate I had for today was who should take the title off of Roman Reigns? Is it main event Jey Uso? Is it Cody Rhodes? Or I'll put a third option in there. You can say any other person. So neither of those two is just another person. If you have that person's name in mind, go for it. Uh, does anyone want to start and have a strong argument one way or the other? I can start if you guys are cool. Have the floor, Sean. All right, so I'm going to stick with Cody Rhodes in this scenario. And the reason why is part of it I mentioned like on prior episodes. I love Jey Uso. I think what he's doing right now as far as the promo work is excellent. I think he's like his the best work of his career is right now. His in-ring game is always fantastic. I don't see him as a main event guy. I don't see him on that Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, Edge, Randy Orton level in terms of like superstar. I think he's the best type of mid-card you can get. And I feel the same way about Solo Sokoa because I know a lot of people are throwing Solo's name in that uh, raffle of guys that could potentially beat Roman Reigns. For the argument for Cody, I think even though, like I know Jeremy wasn't happy about the decision at WrestleMania, I think if you have Cody Rhodes lose two times in a row, I think you're just going to kill the long-term future with Cody Rhodes. I know Cody's not like a spring chicken anymore, but still, he has a lot of wrestling left in him. And I think you have to have him get that victory back. And I think you got to implement Solo in the bloodline in that story because they helped Roman win at WrestleMania 39. With the tension and everything that's built up since then, I think you got to do the polar opposite. I think Solo should deliver that Samoan spike at WrestleMania 40 and end that bloodline story because Roman's going to take time off, reportedly. And I think Cody gets that victory, and then you see him generate, you know, programming feuds down the line. You can see Seth Rollins again. You can see Gunther, McIntyre, like so many people available. Randy Orton. Um, for other people, I I just can't see anybody else available. The only one maybe I could throw out there is Randy Orton, but we're not sure about the long term future of Randy Orton at this point. So I'm gonna stick with Cody because. Cody does, I believe they do want to reward Cody to get that universal title that his dad never won. So I think it's got to still be Cody Rose, despite the fact that I think right now they have ruined him to a degree. But I do think they will not drop the ball with him down the line as long as Triple H, um, you know, sets up things smoothly in the right way. So I know it's probably going to be Cody at 40, but... If they were going to go with Cody, they just should have done it at 39. I think we know that. I think that he's, I don't want to say he's lost steam, but I mean, he has, hasn't done anything with the bloodline since losing him and Roman haven't seen each other. And I know they're saving that for maybe rumble or later down the line. Mm -hmm. However, they get to it. They're going to get to it. But storyline wise, Jey Uso makes the most sense out of anybody. I think that we've seen to this point because the bloodline started with Jey and Roman And I mean, obviously it's not finishing here at SummerSlam, but it would make sense for it to finish at SummerSlam if Jey Uso did win. And I know I've talked about this before is thinking about some past champions that maybe we think didn't deserve it. I think out of a lot of those people, like 
Jinder Mahal, Kofi Kingston, whoever whoever else I can't think of off the top of my head. The Miz even. I think storyline-wise, Jey Uso should be champion over all of those guys. At this point in his career, he is extremely over with the crowd. I think he's more over right now than Cody Rhodes is, Um, which I know that's close. It's close. close. And what better way have somebody put Roman down than a family member? And, I mean, Jey Uso, he's not going anywhere. If he wins the championship, yeah, maybe he would look bad if he was just a placeholder for that championship for a month or two and then loses it down the line, even if he loses it back to Roman. But, I mean, storyline-wise, I don't think anybody else makes sense at this point than Jey Uso. And I think Jey Uso makes more sense than Sami Zayn did at Elimination Chamber. Ooh. <laughs> good arguments good arguments i appreciate that i was hoping someone played devil's advocate i'm since these guys both picked one i'm going to give a side and an argument for both i think what is interesting for me picking not only picking a side right now is i think in terms of storyline jay is 100 the choice I do think they will build Cody back up at some point to get to the storyline piece with Roman. Because there's story there from WrestleMania 39. Moving forward, there will be story moving forward. In terms of being able to really understand what is going on. Looks like he can't give his two cents. Can you guys hear me? So, are we doing the <laughs> argument for Cody or what? <laughs> Sounds like he said Jey Uso to me. So, that's a wrap, everybody. That's the episode. Sean lost once again. Oh, here, here. Oh, he came back. Oh, there he is. Uh, he's back. He's back. He's back. back. There we, now we get the Cody argument. <laughs> Everything. All right, where did I leave off? I heard you say Jey Uso, and then I was about to call raps on the episode since you agreed with me. <laughs> <laughs> but, now that, but now that you're back, you're ready for the Cody argument. So... For Jey Uso, it does make the most sense for storyline. With Cody, they can get back to the storyline purpose with Cody because there is history with Roman for WrestleMania 39. Adversity, no adversity. What I will say is I agree with Sean to an extent of Jey is not necessarily who I would choose for a main event guy. But I also understand Chris's argument for the other people that have won the title are probably not up to the caliber of superstar that Jey Uso is. I think what it's very hard to pull away from how good the story is for me. And I'll be honest with you, if Jey Uso won, I'd probably be sour for like a day. And then I'd get over it and realize it's great for the story, right? That's also because I'm just a huge Cody fan, and I, I love everything that Co- that Cody has been doing for WWE. But even Cody right now, I think purposely is away from Roman because I want to get him back to Roman at some point. And I also go back to the, the statement that was made by him after, what was it? Uh, either Money in the Bank or it was... What was the paper read before that? I'm forgetting it. But whatever his comments was, it was about Seth Rollins' title, and he was like, that's not the story. The story is is the WWE Championship, Roman's Championship. Oh, uh, was Night of Champions? Night of Champions. And I just think that Cody makes sense in terms of a super superstar quality of opponent, and Jey Uso makes sense for the storyline purpose. Even though... I do think Cody will go back to Roman in the story somehow, and they will play it off. What else I want to point out is I do not think that Roman will have any Bloodline members with him at WrestleMania, nor do I think he should. I think that happens with Solo is going to happen, I would say, by end of 2023 at the latest, the turn will happen at Rumble. And I think then you develop the the Cody storyline from there. I do not see him with any bloodline members going into WrestleMania 40, nor should he. Even Paul, even Paul, Paul Heyman, Heyman will still be with him. I don't think he'll lose Paul Heyman. 
Um, and if he does, I mean, hey, so be it. I maybe Heyman goes with Solo, but I, I just don't. I just don't see any Bloodline members with Roman at WrestleMania. So for me, you know, if I'm still choosing, I'm 100% picking Cody as well. And that sucks for the story purposes, I guess, but I think I'm also being realistic at the same time because I, I honestly still, like, for my purposes, and if I was booking this, I wouldn't have Jay win. But I also would not be as upset as I was a few months ago if Jay Uso won the title. So maybe he, week by week, I guess, he, he's just imprinting more and more on me and I have a little bit more respect for him every week. But it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I do think Roman does not lose a match until he loses to Cody, though. I, I don't see him taking another pin at this point now that he took the pin in the tag match. You can always blow that off and say it was a tag team match. So for me, it's not like he was pinned in a one-on-one match and it wasn't for the title. And I don't think that happens. Yeah, I, I still think that Roman should have stayed unblemished until WrestleMania 40, but it is what it is at this point. I, it happens. They're, they're still building a, a great story ever since then. So eventually, with months to come, it, people will forget about it. And then once you go into WrestleMania, it's going to be a whole new fresh feud, assuming it's Cody. I know this talks right now that Triple H, I saw that Triple H already has the winner um, prepped up for the Royal Rumble. So whether it's that's Gunther. Cody, whether it's Gunther. It's Gunther for sure. I did see, though, that um, the talks and rumors of Gunther uh, were false. So whether they're just doing that to to play it off and like hide that fact, which is a good possibility, or if it's genuinely going to be Cody, who knows. But I would, if I was a betting man, I would say, well, actually, I ain't a betting man, but um, I would say... I would say Gunther as well, but who knows? I don't see Cody. First of all, I don't see winning the Rumble helping Cody go to WrestleMania. Like, of course, that gets him a match at WrestleMania. I don't see that how how it helps him, unless he comes in at one and beats everyone. If he doesn't do that, people are already pissed at him because he he won the Rumble last time and he came in last or close to last. So, for me, I don't think having him win the Rumble two years in a row makes sense. Maybe how they get Solo away from Roman is at Rumble. And maybe it's the final two being Cody and Solo. And Cody eliminating mm. Solo to win the Rumble. And that, Very true. that could cause some tension with Roman and Solo even more than they already have. For sure. There's a lot of ways or to protect it. Solo. Yeah. To protect Solo, they could have, if, you know, it's still Roman in uh, Solo versus Jimmy and Jay, Jimmy and Jay could go in there and cost Solo that match. Now, it's going to be a cheap victory for Cody, but at the same time, though, if they're trying to protect this big investment in Solo Sokoa, they could do one or the other and, like, kind of get a cheap victory while screwing Solo, but I think who knows? There's a lot of different ways they can go about it. I think very soon the Usos are going to kind of stop attacking Solo and more focus on Roman because they I want agree. Solo to join them. Because at the end of the day, that's their brother. So yep. I think they're going to start putting stuff in his ear, kind of like Sammy was with Jay, and try to get him yeah. to follow them instead. And I think that's how it's going to happen. Uh, yep. One thing I will say, though, Chris, is I don't know if Jay made more sense than Sammy. <laughs> like, I don't think it was as realistic but man, Sammy was fucking so over. He and was. Again, I guess it's the realism. And put it this way, as a main eventer, who do you see as the better champion, Sammy or Jay? Definitely Sammy. But I just think Sammy. because I'll, I'll always say it because it started with Jay and Roman, I think that's how it's got to end. Yeah. Yeah, you you have been but, on uh, that. I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll say this slow. Sammy, I think, would be the better champion, but if I can see Jay having the longer title run due to the fact that there's family involved in the feud where they can have, you can incorporate people helping out Jay to get, you know, retain the title and push, like, his reign longer, where Sammy, the only one you really have is KO, but I'm sure they'd want to have KO be, like, on his own doing individual stuff rather than being, like, a sidekick to Sammy Zayn. That's fair. But... It's it's a it's a close one for sure because both of them are really good. You could have had them face each other. Nice. <laughs> yeah, you you can. You yeah. Can. 
Definitely. They will face each other at some point again once Owens turns <laughs> on them, to be fair. Exactly. Um, yeah. All right. Good debate, gentlemen. I will uh we'll end it there. Maybe we'll maybe we'll have to create a debate in involved in our in our uh scheduling as well. Maybe one a week or something like that as well. Just yeah, for different put, uh, topics. Put Not DB necessarily current events, but Oh God, no! I, I can't <laughs> deal with the DB versus John Cena debate. Who has the better move set? <laughs> he said it. I did, guys. All right, now this is the real end to the episode. We've had two fake endings: one where I just lagged, and then the other one where I called it before the debate. But still, a shorter episode today, folks. Thank you so much. Enjoy Monday Night Raw, and we'll be seeing you soon. <laughs>